Hello and welcome back to the Take A Trip podcast. This is episode 12 and I'm back, finally. I went on a little excursion because life was life in, but I'm back now. Um, I was only gone for a week, but I just thought I'd let you know because uploads are back to normal now, so good times. Today, I figured I would do a lighter episode. We've got some conspiracy theories. This is going to be a very laid back episode, I can't lie to you guys. So um, yeah, let's just get into it. So what you can expect today is the Hollow Earth Theory, the Dark Knight. We've got some deep sea and NASA conspiracies, which are fun. And we've also got my favorite, probably one of my most favorite conspiracy theories ever, which is the Birds of Spies theories. But first up, we've got the Hollow Earth Theory. So this is a theory about how Earth is potentially hollow. And instead of a molten core on the inside, there is a whole evolved advanced civilization living right underneath our feet so that means that we're living on earth's crust and what we know as the core of the earth would be another world and apparently it rotates as well but this theory isn't actually new it's been around for years and it first appeared in the 17th century suggested by a man called edmund halley And over the next few centuries, people would actually take on and evolve this theory. You'd think usually when people would come out with such a bold claim like, um, you know, maybe there's a whole civilization inside planet Earth, that people wouldn't really listen to them. But I guess Edmund had a point, clearly. In the 1870s, Cyrus Teed began preaching his adaptation of the Hollow Earth theory. And this theory suggested that planet Earth is made of three spheres. The outer core is the world we know. The second layer is just like this space, almost like a void between two planets. And the third is a planet with a civilization. So it's kind of like a Russian doll kind of situation. You've got the outer one, the middle, and then the small one inside it. So when we look at space, when we look at the sky and we look at the moon and the stars, what Cyrus is saying is that we're essentially looking back into planet Earth. Um, towards the second civilization. So we're looking into that void before we reach the second planet, if that makes any sense. Cyrus Teed felt so passionate about this theory to the point where he actually started a cult. Don't do that, guys. You can just post your tweet, post your Facebook post. You don't have to start a cult. Obviously, this was the 1870s, so Cyrus must have got a bit bored. This cult went by the name of Kurishanity, and it was their goal to share their message with the world. However, more recent versions of this theory have popped up all over the internet, all over the years, as you can guess. And if you watched my episode on the Orgon cult, you'll remember that I said that they closely followed a conspiracy theory that claimed that aliens crawled out of the centre of the earth with the intent to dominate the world. Okay, yeah, well, that's another extreme of this theory. And it all comes from this same sort of guy in this cult. I believe that a variant of this theory may come from Celtic mythology. And in this mythology, they would say that there were a series of caves on Earth which acted as portals to this underworld or this other world within planet Earth. According to legend, strange creatures would crawl out of these caves and walk the earth. And as crazy as this sounds, years ago, scientists actually took this theory very, very seriously. And it even got into politics somehow. 
they would hold very strong views about this hollow earth theory. It was their thing back in the day. But not everyone thinks that these non-human beings are world-dominating lizards. In fact, I read a Reddit thread that explored the idea that aliens exist on the inner layer of Earth. So some people went as far as going on expeditions to the North Pole because they were so, they believed it so strongly that Antarctica was hiding a lot of secrets, which... I understand that because Antarctica is a place that is just so highly guarded. Not many people can travel through there. You know, there's so many areas that the average person hasn't explored. There's going to be a lot of questions, but um, a portal to another world didn't really cross my mind when I thought about Antarctica. I was thinking more like penguins, if they even live there. I don't know. But what they believe is that when you look at a 3D map of Earth, they claim that there are strange alterations near the poles of Antarctica, which led them to believe that there is a hole there or some kind of cave, which would be a portal. And out of this hole, there would be short bursts of energy coming out from time to time. So they believe that this is what the Northern Lights are. Um, The Northern Lights are an example of this and any other weird little things that we see in the sky in terms of energy they put it down to oh it's just these caves from the underworld just casually exploding energy and that's wild to me but the theory that aliens might exist inside the earth is actually very common um i've heard a lot of people talk about this in general especially QAnon, and obviously of you know through the covid19 stuff i've heard some wild stuff come out and i can tell you that this is probably the most common thing i've heard but there's not really much more to say about the hollow earth theory that's about it um people still take it quite seriously like i said people actually genuinely believe this stuff but next up i've got the black knight satellite so what if i told you that an alien probe may have orbited earth for centuries in 1998 nasa released a few photos of some random space debris I don't know why exactly they released these photos, I guess just for public interest. I don't know. But obviously when vehicles are sent to space, sometimes they don't reach where they need to go and they explode. Um, This is kind of common, you know, when they launch rockets into space, they will often explode. Or, you know, when they reach space, they need to eject certain parts off of the craft so that they can make it to wherever they're going, right? Well, these little parts, they end up going into orbit a lot of the time. And if not, then they'll just be floating around in space for a hot minute. So this one specific piece of debris from the 1998 picture, which was released, was really different though. And I'm going to post this on my Instagram because I think you need to make up your own mind if you haven't seen this photo already. I'm going to sort of describe it to you. So... Obviously, it's just a picture of space, and in the center, there's just this really weird sort of... It's like your classic sci-fi spaceship, I guess. It looks like a piece of machinery. Um, It definitely looks structured and not like a piece of random space debris. It's kind of black, shiny, and it looks a lot like your classic spaceship, like I said. This picture was a talking point for UFO enthusiasts and they actually named it the Black Knight. And over the years, people came up with many interesting theories about its origin. So one of the first sort of theories I want to call it would be that in 1960, 
the US Navy detected a dark object in the Earth's orbit, which they originally thought was a Soviet spy satellite. When they investigated, they found that it was the remains of an Air Force satellite which had gone astray some years before. However, conspiracy theorists think that the Navy actually detected the Black Knight. Three years later, an astronaut named Gordon Cooper reported seeing a UFO during his 15th orbit, but he had no evidence to back up these claims and it couldn't even be found on any transcripts or documents from his missions and people raised their eyebrows at the government at this point because they felt like they had erased it so that the masses wouldn't find out. But what even is the Black Knight? Well, according to theorists, the Black Knight is the artificial satellite made with alien intelligence. It's supposed to have been in orbit for 13,000 years, and the theory even claims that Nikola Tesla had received the message in the form of radio waves, which had come from the Black Knight. They strongly believe that Tesla actually obtained some knowledge from civilizations beyond ours. I've heard this a lot, you know, people think that Nikola Tesla through those radio waves had figured something out, some kind of secret to life. Um, some people think it's a specific type of energy. Some people think that he regularly had some alien visitors. Um, but one way or another, a lot of people strongly believe that he had some superior level of knowledge, which was beyond this planet, which I don't blame them because look at the stuff he made for the time that he lived in, it's wild. In Oslo, Norway, a long-delayed radio wave had been detected at a space centre and no one could figure out where it was coming from. A lot of people thought perhaps the Black Knight was trying to communicate with us again. However, space journalist James Oberg took a different stance on this whole theory and he actually tried to debunk it. He said that the Black Knight was likely a thermal blanket which was photographed at a really strange angle and the figure doesn't really look that space blankety to anyone, so he kind of just got ignored. A Scottish author actually looked into a long delayed radio wave that was being picked up in Norway, and he speculated that a 13,000 year old alien probe was behind it all. He actually claimed that it orbits Earth's moon, and most likely originated from another solar system, especially a solar system called Epsilon Butis, which that sounds kind of cool. I want to go there. However, this author actually came out again to retract his statements, saying that he had outright errors and that his findings were unscientific, but people who believed in the Dark Knight believed that he was told to say that because he found something really shocking out about the alien probe and the government wanted to shut him up. So was this all a big cover-up? Do you think that he genuinely did some self-reflection and was wrong the entire time? Have a look at my Instagram at Take a Trip Podcast and look at that photo or even just Google and um, make your mind up for yourself. What do you think? Okay, up next, I've got some sea conspiracies. So before I get into them though, I just want to address this new thing that's been circulating because I genuinely thought this was true as well, but while I was researching for this episode, I always learn something new. So I don't know if you guys use TikTok, I use TikTok, I'm addicted, um, but there was a TikTok circulating multiple social media platforms and it was gaining a lot of popularity. It was this person basically explaining that NASA was founded with the goal of exploring the ocean 
but when they explored it they realized that there was something horrible down there so then they kind of went the opposite way and they said f this let's go to space instead well i know this conspiracy theory is bone chilling and also really interesting and as much as i want it to be real i'm gonna come here and rain on your parade and say it's not true and it was actually debunked in a series of articles which came out following this video becoming viral there was actually no record of NASA's goals ever being to explore the ocean and their goals were only space related. But then again, at the same time, you know, the ocean is a scary place. And if this would be true, it wouldn't blow my mind. It sounds very realistic. And honestly, I hate the ocean. So I don't blame NASA if that's the case. But this didn't stop me from falling into a rabbit hole of sea conspiracies. And I think I found a new favorite type of conspiracy because as we know, only 5% of our oceans have been explored and that leaves a huge 95% of the ocean that is untouched. And I think we all know that there's a hell of a lot of forms of life down there that we have never seen and also potential hidden gems such as maybe a hidden civilization. How does that sound? Or maybe some stuff that had fallen out of space a couple thousand years ago that might be a little extraterrestrial it could all be hiding in the ocean and we know nothing about it some people think that there are portals in the oceans and even civilizations or secret government bases i'm gonna start with atlantis and i feel like a lot of people know about this theory but i'm gonna talk about its potential link to the bermuda triangle so Atlantis, according to the ancient philosopher Plato, was a civilization that had been sunk underwater due to their own greed and war. No one actually knows if Atlantis did actually exist before, and Plato didn't exactly give us any coordinates on, you know, how to get there, so um, we're a bit stuck on that one. The moral of the story is that there is an entire hidden city underwater somewhere, and regardless of if it is Atlantis or not, this is a great possibility because obviously over the years, ground and sea levels have risen. So it's not exactly unheard of for there to be an entire civilization sunk underwater. Some of the modern Atlantis fans suggested the idea that perhaps they were an advanced civilization and they had been sunk underwater due to governments or secret societies trying to hide them. You know, maybe they were on the whole sort of Egyptian wave and they had this next level knowledge and technology that maybe the government didn't want them to have. They claimed that these people in Atlantis would use crystals and other energy emitting devices. And when the civilization went underwater, its technology did too. And obviously with crystals, it's very different to sort of electronic gadgets like what we have. So they will still work regardless of if they're underwater. And this is where the Bermuda Triangle comes in. So as you know, there's been countless disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle, which is just basically a triangular section off the coast of Bermuda. Entire planes and boats containing hundreds of people would go missing in the Bermuda Triangle and they would never reappear. Not even wrecks from these ships and planes would wash up. So where did they go? Some years ago, there was reports of an oceanographer and he or she had claimed to have found crystal pyramids on the ocean floor in the vicinity of the Bermuda Triangle. 
They were able to give exact coordinates of these pyramids, but no one was ever able to find where they actually were. But this could be due to these crystal pyramids being transparent. And some people also think that these crystals would mess around with modern technologies because it would warp the magnetic field in the specific area where the pyramids are placed. Another interesting thing is that shortly before a military jet had disappeared into the Bermuda Triangle, the pilot began to report back to the operator that the plane's GPS system was failing, and he also frantically told them that they weren't able to fly north because they could not see what they were doing. Were the crystals responsible for this? I mean, he claimed that he wasn't able to see anything at all, so could these pyramids act as a portal maybe to another civilizational universe? That sort of brings me into the theory that this Atlantis civilization left these crystals there so that there would be sort of an on-earth portal so that people were able to sort of go in and out of this reality as we know it um, because maybe the Atlantis civilization had moved on to another universe. I don't blame them, that's some Rick and Morty stuff right there. Another sea conspiracy I found for you is actually really fun and really interesting. It's about the USS Eldridge, if you've ever heard of it before. This was a military ship and apparently it entered the upside down. And if you're a fan of Stranger Things, your eyes probably opened. Yes, you heard right. If you've ever watched Stranger Things, you'll know that there is an alternate universe, which is kind of like a gap between our reality and space, in a sense. So there's theories that an entire military boat went into this alternate universe by accident. In 1943, the Philadelphia military decided to conduct an experiment to make an entire ship invisible to the naked eye. So they figured to do this by bending light around the ship to sort of create an optical illusion. People who were eyewitnesses to this experiment claimed that the USS Eldridge did successfully disappear, but it didn't reappear. And this led to theories that the bending light had created some kind of portal which had manipulated time-space continuum and the ship apparently ended up in deep space where, I guess, time travel exists? There was even the theory that it had transported people 40 years into the future, yeah. But there was generally a lack of evidence for this experiment. It was covered up quite well and honestly, I can't really find that many reports about it. But this only, as you know, fuels conspiracy theories more and more to believe that the government knows how to manipulate time and space. And they had the ability to time travel this whole time, even since the 40s. The last theory I have for you guys today is the birds of spires or the eyes in the sky theory. I don't know what it is about this theory, but I love it so much. And honestly, same, because I've been thinking about this quite a bit. Let me just get into it. So first of all, I've got a question for you, okay? Have you ever seen a baby pigeon in a public place? Because I certainly haven't, and a lot of people on the internet also agree with that point. So I decided to look on the interwebs and I came across a starting point for this theory. And boy, <laughs> I found a website called birdsaren'treal.com. And in the about us column, it said, the birds aren't real movement has been active since 1976. Once a preventative cause, our initial goal was to stop the genocide of real birds. Unfortunately, this was unsuccessful 
and the government has since replaced every living bird with robotic replicas. Now our movement's prerogative is to make everyone aware of this fact. So clearly this group believes that the government has and continue to create highly sophisticated robots which appear to be your average bird that walks down the street. In 1989, there was a banned advertisement released by the movement in the US and this advertisement proposed that by 2001, all birds across the USA, Canada and Mexico would be robotic replicas to keep a very close eye on you. Feel bad for you guys, feel really bad for you guys. I mean, here in the UK, our birds seem pretty real, um, especially when they get hit by cars, uh, yeah, too real. However, some old posters regularly use the words eye in the sky and I really like that, it's kind of catchy. They believe that the CIA is behind all of this mess, saying that in 1953 this man called Alan Dawes was made the first civilian director of the Central Intelligence Agency, which is the CIA. He made it his mission to ramp up the surveillance program hiding cameras in thousands of location and ordering his staff to plant them in areas which would be impossible to detect. Here's a quote that I found. Dawes and his team hated birds with a passion and they were heard on many occasions calling them flying slugs and the scum of the skies as they would often poop on their cars in the parking lot of the CIA headquarters and quite frankly all over the DC metro area in general. I believe this was one of the driving forces that led Dawes to not only implement robots into the sky, but to actually replace birds in the process. They did not need to kill all of the birds. They could have launched a quarter of the robot birds that they did, but the pigeons in DC at the time were absolutely ruthless. <laughs> we love a ruthless pigeon. Apparently there was the creation of the devices for the birds. And at this point they needed to start production. So they needed factories, the government needed factories, they needed very reliable workers who would not speak a word about this to their families and friends, obviously. So this is where this whole theory trips me out, okay? I don't even know what to think of this because it kind of seems valid, but it's wild as hell. Um, you can make your own mind up. So make sure you hold on to your seats because this is a trippy one. The government would send individual slash recruiters to local nightclubs or bars who would then scope out a candidate who looked like they could assemble a robot bird and they would then tell that person that they were having a costume party on acid. This was in the 60s and 70s where acid was accepted more than bottle water. These people were given work overalls, their costume, and a small tub of acid which was actually just a piece of coloured paper. The acid trip they expected was actually the bus ride to an entrance of a bunker which they were given a toolbox and a pair of headphones that played Pink Floyd non-stop. This combination of assembling a robot bird inside a five-story government fallout bunker led them to believe they were on the most insane trip of their life. Many of these individuals would later be heard saying, the craziest trip I had was back in 76 when I met this guy who gave me a crazy tab. From then, all I remember is riding through the desert for 45 minutes on the top of a sawed-off school bus, then walking down a staircase into a huge warehouse which was underground. Having some guy tell me to follow instructions and make some sort of flying robot bird. And this is wild. This is absolutely crazy. I've, this is the first conspiracy theory I've heard like this. Because it's kind of, I feel like it's satire. And apparently they began production for these birds in this way. But surely these tactics wouldn't work forever, right? 
Well, they didn't actually go into depth about how they continued the production of these birds, but my honest guess is that they may have used people closer to the CIA. Um, perhaps they created robots in these factories which would produce robotic birds for them. That would make a lot more sense. So what on earth was the point in the government spending millions and millions of dollars just to replicate a small innocent bird, you may ask? Well, that's where the surveillance theory comes in because as you know, people, especially after the pandemic, have become obsessed with these conspiracies about the government wanting to track your every single move. It's sort of like a base teaching in groups like QAnon. It's also a common belief that the government want to keep surveillance at all times so that they can keep these databases filled with up-to-date images of us. I remember back in the day, do you know when Snapchat does that thing where it sort of scans your face before it puts a filter on? I mean, basically every social media has filters now. So whenever you use uh, an app and it scans your face so that it can put a filter over the top of your face, I remember when that was new and people came out with a theory that um, the government were using that to keep like an up-to-date database on everyone's faces, which I thought, you know what, instead of creating flying birds, that would probably be a good idea and probably the most effective one at that if you wanted to keep multiple people's faces hidden in a database for some reason. I don't know why. These pigeons or birds supposedly act as well camouflaged and high intelligence cameras, even with built-in microphones. They have coils near their feet that would charge them. And I actually saw a TikTok recently where a man was saying how birds stand on power cables to charge their batteries. And I just found it really funny. But seriously, why do they actually sit on power cables though? Does anyone have an answer for that? If you know, enlighten me please. Because if you don't, I'm just gonna think that they are actually genuinely robots but the funniest part for me is that somewhere on the website I actually saw an illustration given by the birds aren't real movement and it was of a pigeon labeling all of its robotics parts and one thing that they went into strange detail about was the reason why the heads bob as they walk so you know when a pigeon walks or a bird walks their head sort of bobs forward in that funny way well they said this is because, like any camera, it needs image stabilization. And the bob of the bird's head, obviously as it goes forward and its body follows, it kind of acts as an image stabilization, just sort of like a gimbal. And this was so that the government wouldn't have to deal with horrible shaky footage, because the whole point in this footage is to be able to look at people and identify them straight away so how would you do that with shaky footage that's why they added this beautiful feature to these robotic birds <laughs> the birds aren't real movement actually has really cool merch though i can't lie to you and honestly i can't make up my mind if it's a joke or not i feel like it really has to be but then again on the internet you know we have so many crazy theories now and groups of people who believe in really wild stuff um it wouldn't surprise me if people genuinely believe this stuff but what is the next step after telling everyone that birds are robots? Do you shoot the birds down? And what happens if these birds decide to fly out of the country? Well, on their website, it actually said that the birds are generally programmed to stay inside the USA, Mexico and Canada, but there are some anomalies. 
Some birds are programmed to cross specific borders in order to pick up drugs and fly back to their homeland and drop it into lower class areas. Wow, wild. Um, I mean, I'm very sure that I'm not going to name names, but, you know, certain bigwigs are dropping drugs into lower class areas. I don't doubt that for a second, because why wouldn't they? I mean, the rich get richer, right? But, I mean, birds? Birds? Like, I don't think I've... I mean, I'm in the UK, so maybe I'm not fit to talk about this, but even when I've been in Canada and the US, I haven't seen any birds flying over with cocaine in their claws yet, so... I don't know how to feel about that one. That one's kind of wild. But yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. And I hope you enjoyed this episode because um, I did. I love conspiracy theories. They make me laugh sometimes because they're just so funny to me. But I just generally love questioning life and everything about it. If you have your own theories to suggest, contact me via Instagram at Take a Trip Podcast and let me know. And maybe I can feature them in one of my episodes. I've received quite a few requests in terms of cases from you guys. So I'm going to be working my way through those. Um, so keep an eye out because next week there might be your suggestion. If you want to suggest a case, just click the link below and submit it via the online form. Um, it takes two seconds, very fast, very snappy. And yeah, love you guys. Thanks for bearing with me. Um, like I said, uploads are back to normal now. We've had our little moment, but we're back and we're better. So yeah. I'll see you guys next week. Uh, go follow me over on Instagram because there's a lot of updates regarding episodes and what to expect in the near future. But yeah, thank you so much for joining me again for another episode of the Take a Trip podcast. I'm your host, Leah, and I'm going to go and relax now. <laughs> Just joking, I've got to edit this and post it. This is guys. Bye.